Okay, good morning, sir. Good morning. <laughs> My name is Kende Adini, uh, by God's grace, um, the youth pastor in All Nation Assembly, RCCG. And this morning with me, I have one of our youth executive sister, Yemi Meseko, is the one in charge of our social media and every other business the church needs to do. So uh, this morning, we are here as member of the church to just talk to you and know some things so that at least we ourselves can grow spiritually. Uh, so basically, our discussion this morning is going to be centered around becoming a better person. Becoming a better person spiritually, your place of work, at home with your family, um, friends and colleagues in your neighborhood, just becoming a better person. So um, this morning, for the purpose of those that will be listening to this uh, short interview, would like to know you more, sir. All right. Thank you so much, uh, Pastor, youth pastor, Pastor Kelly and uh, Sister Yemi, special guest of honor in my house today. <laughs> well, I simply put, I, I, I don't like titles, so pardon me if I don't titles. I'm just Kennedy Williams, that's my name, that's enough for me. Um, born some, some over two decades ago, about four decades. In a, uh, in just Plateau State, I was actually born in just Plateau State, precisely on the fourth of June, nineteen seventy-six. So in the next few months, I should be looking at forty-five. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So I'm actually from River State. If I'm out of Ogbolo uh, local government, Okrika speaking, the uh, Okrika tribe, but Ogbolo local government. We have about three local governments that. Uh, Okrika probe, so the Okrika local government, Potakon local government, Ogubolo local government. So I'm from Ogubolo, I'm also partly from Potakon. Okay. Yeah, like I said, born in Plateau State, but grew up in Potakot, full time Potakot boy. <laughs> <laughs> Did my schooling there, a sociologist, like I said, mm-hmm. uh, I have a BSc degree in sociology, also trained in mechanical engineering in uh, Shell oil and gas industry the spiritual aspect i joined the redeemed Christian church of god sometime in 98 1998 actually got born again in 99 i started working immediately and got ordained as a deacon in the redeemed Christian of god on 7th august 2006 that's some 14 years ago yeah and that's Coincidentally, it was my wife's birthday. <laughs> the first birthday she was having as my wife because we got married in March, March 11, 2006. Okay. By God's grace, God has blessed us with two children, a boy, Desire, who is 13, and Treasure, who is 11. Wow. Yeah, so that's summarily, that's just me. <laughs> except I said it here, you want to know. <laughs> Thank you very much. At least this profile Rhonda is enough. Is enough. Uh, we can't get this from Google. <laughs> at all. At all. 
Hold on, sir. Uh, so, um, before we go in depth, you mentioned something where we, where we are, where you were introducing yourself. Mm. You said you got born again in ninety eight. Ninety nine. Ninety nine. Oh, you joined Just redeemed in ninety eight. Yes. And got born again in ninety nine. Yes. So, uh and our topic is becoming a better you. Yeah. Why do you have to state it clearly? Joined redeemed ninety eight born again 99 you would have been silenced in that area of born again 99 yes and join redeem 98 so why do we have to state it that the way you stated it join redeem so there is a difference between going to church and being born again definitely so help us explain okay i will do that over gladly <laughs> like um if you were judged last Sunday during my message, I took uh, the message titled Being Born Again. And in the first part, I broke it into outlines. In the first part, I said what being born again is not. Before I now said what being born again is. So now, there is a big difference between attending church and being born again. I will explain more now. I joined Redeem 98, but prior to 98, I wasn't uh, a pagan. I, I wasn't a Hindu worshiper. I was attending church. Not just attending church. Let me shock you. The last ministry I served actively before I left, that is Salem Gospel Mission, up to 1998, that same 98 I left already. It would that I, I, I was, even if it's unofficially, but I was pronounced as assistant pastor. <laughs> it's a Pentecostal church, just so you know, not Orthodox, not just Pentecostal church. The, the fact, what made me say to the redeem was that the adopted and redeem is just the same. But I think something was missing then. And what was that missing thing? Leadership, mentorship, somebody to see something in you and say, okay, this young man. In fact, there was a revelation by the pastor there, where he, cut, he, he clearly said that God appeared to him, just appeared to him and pointed in the revelation, three of us were there. And just kind of pointed to me and said, see this young man, draw him to yourself and take care of him because he's an instrument in my hand. But that never happened. So that same 98, I left that ministry closed down in Portacourt actually because the pastor was nowhere to be found. And it just that for three weeks, three good weeks, I was the pastor in charge, but wasn't born again. While in that ministry, right there in the choir, I had my girlfriends. <laughs> Friends. <laughs> yes. And at a particular time, my two of my girlfriends took special number and I was sitting there looking, <laughs> looking at them and saying, wow. My father was an elder there. He did his best to put me in the right path. My mother too. But can they force me? No. Of course, in their eyes, in their eyes, I was a good boy. Truly, I was. But I always say somebody something. You can't be good if you are not born again. And I can prove it to you. The Bible says the goodness is a fruit of the spirit. You can be nice, but you can't be good if you aren't born again. So until you are born again, nobody is good except being born again because be goodness is one of the fruits of the spirit so that's the point to prove that you can be good 
So people can say we are people can say nice that we agree, but good, no, you are not good until you are born again. So I was like that until I came to redeem in '98. But let me tell you, I came to redeem in '98. It was a revelation, not in a dream. I kept having administration that that church, that's a place it was located in Botakwa then. That is where you worship. I said, why would I worship them? So sometime the building fell when they were trying to do adjustment. And people were talking, hey, church people, you see, they have done this. But deep with him, I said, that church that fell, if they build it again, that is where I will worship. But look at the, look at how God did it. My father left me in that other ministry, went, came to reading, almost became even the eldest fellowship leader. So in that 98, he gave me flyers, say, help me distribute. And what was that flyer? Youth annual youth program. What you call annual youth convention now? There used to be annual youth weekend. It wasn't convention before it became a convention. We were gathering at the camp. We do it at the parish levels. So when I distributed the flyer, I said, if I can distribute this flyer, why not join this ministry? That was I came to in October ninety-eight. October ninety-eight till December ninety-eight. I was there when did lucky ninety-eight. I left again to different ministries, 99, January, February, March, April, I was just going from one church to the other, no satisfaction. Then I remember in that 99, I was working as a contract staff with Shell Oil and Gas uh, Company, Petroleum Company, but under a foundation name uh, company, Trevi. So every, every day we go to work from Monday to Sunday. So if you go to work on Sunday, your, your salary gets bigger. So as I worked for two Sundays, the third Sunday, Came back from work feeling dejected, angry with myself, everything. And I was wondering that day was Sunday, July 11, 1999. So I said, What's the problem? What's wrong? What's wrong with me? Clearly, clearly, I had a voice. There's a vacuum in your life, of course. Don't you know? And I said, What's that vacuum? He said, Do you have Jesus? You don't have Jesus now. I said, Wow, it's true. I went into my I'm a hard guy. My wife will tell you, very tough. Nothing can make me cry. My heart is stronger than that of a rock. <laughs> that day, I went to my room, wept very well, like a baby. I said, God, I'm sorry. Now, the moment that happened was like a body. This is not fiction. Like, a body was lifted off me completely. And that was how I've been from then to today. So that's a big difference between being born again and that it can be in church for 100 years if you've not got an encounter with Jesus. You've not surrendered your life to Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. You are, you are wasting your time. So those are two different things. Okay. Thank you very much, sir. You're welcome. <laughs> so we haven't even started the main interview. Yeah. Giving us so much. <laughs> We've learned so much. So back to our topic, becoming a better person. So what does it mean to be a better person? Okay. So if you must be a better person, there is a start point. Like if you remember what I said earlier on, you can't even be good mm-hmm. if you are not if you are not born again. So, first of all, you get born again. Then you are not, you are not admitted into the school of those being called good people. Mm-hmm. Good people. So when you are among the good people, good is good, but good is not enough. Mm-hmm. So becoming a better person. If the things I used to do before, at what level do I do them? At what level am I doing them now? 
um, the English people will say better is what better is uh, the word this is it superlative uh, good, better. Uh, good better best so better is is senior is superlative to good and best is relative to to better so you must be good first at whatever you do before you can become better so being a better person one spiritually is that you can't be better without being good that is without accepting Christ as a Lord and personal Savior in your place of work Proverbs 22 29 says something See that a man diligent in his business, he shall stand before kings, he shall not stand before mean men. Mean men, they are simply means mediocre, ordinary people. When they are mentioning your name among people, can they say, yes, this one? Can your boss in the office give you an assignment and go to sleep without getting worried that you mess up the job? In your neighborhood, do they see you as a child of God? Or they see you as that troublesome man, troublesome woman, troublesome boy, troublesome girl, troublesome youth. He doesn't greet. He doesn't respect. He's full of himself, proud. Things are happening. He doesn't come to, you know. So all of those things have to give way for you to become a better person. So spiritually, physically, Academic wise, I can maybe later I'll, I'll take the one by one and explain more. But generally, for you to be a better person, you must meet Christ first. And you must do things as the word implies better than you were doing them before that. It has to be seen. Mm. <laughs> Critical point. It must be seen that yes, this person is now a better person. Yeah. Okay, so since in line with what you just said, you told us how we can be better, how we should not just remain good, we should work on ourselves and become better. Sir, do you think it's actually possible in the world we live in today to be better? Because it seems like it is so tough. Even when we try, the world will try to bring it down and tell you, most times you don't know what are the what are the bad parts to make you look like mm. you are yourself, you yourself are doing the bad things. So do you think it is actually still attainable in the world we live in today? 100%. Mm. 100%. I will give you practical examples because I like, I, when, I, when I talk with people, I tell them I don't do theoretical teachings. I do practical teachings. That's what I believe in. For example, I'll just use one clean example now that's happening in the world today. COVID-19. And laid down rules, protocols. And one of them is what? Mm. Put on your mask in public places. I went out yesterday like I've been going at every other time. To shock you to know that in a place of 1,500 people, I'm the only one with the face mask. Including, including those that said they go to church, hear the word of God. Including those that said they are born again. Now, I say something all the time. Bible says in Galatians 5, Verse nine, he said, "If you are guilty of one of the laws, you are guilty. We can't, we can't. If you offend the one, you are you offending all. Wearing a face mask for me is not to prevent the disease. It's born out of respect for the laws of the land. And the Bible says, what we should obey the laws of the land. And in James four seventeen, the Bible said, "Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and knoweth him not to him it is sin. It means that." If you know that the law says you should wear a mask to the market and you don't wear a mask to the market, at that point you have committed a sin. Mm -hmm. And even at that point you have committed that sin, 
it's possible that if God, if not, if not for his mercies, COVID-19 can get to a Christian ordinarily that he should not get to. So it's very possible because, one, our standard is not the world. That's the point I want to make now. That's what makes it impossible. Everybody says A doesn't make A to be right. In Nigeria today, there's a popular saying that if you don't know anybody, you can't get employment anywhere. I use myself as a perfect example. So one thing I want us to, if we forget everything, we shouldn't forget this. Everything depends on you as an individual. So I, there are most cases that I like to use myself as a practical example. When I went for this job, SSS job, I was called and I applied. And I didn't know anybody on the line. I didn't know anybody. But my performance in my state then, after the written exam, I was, I did it twice. The first time I was sixth. By the time we did interview, I performed very well. But because I didn't know anybody, I wasn't taking. The second time again, I went. This time around, I took second in the written exam. In the old river state, second, I was second. And we were several people. We went for the exam. The oral interview, nobody came close to me. And the man, the director said, this guy, I will let, that was how I was picked. But people believe that until you know somebody, quite sadly, Christians have accepted that. Yeah, we are Christians who should help one another. If I'm working in the embassy and my brother did something in the embassy, if it's something I can do, I should assist him, right? That's normal. But I shouldn't bend the rules for him because he's my brother. That's why we're getting it wrong. And if it is something they said, there's a policy of the office that don't get involved in this matter. If I get involved, it's a sin. So I won't get involved. I only wish him well. I wish him well. I pray you succeed. And that's all. It doesn't make me to be wicked, even if you, if you want to see me that way. Stand out from the crowd. Be different. Three Hebrew brothers, uh, the three Hebrew boys are always with us. Shedda Bikai Abednego. They say, even if God will not save us, the whole world bad that we will not bow down. Daniel, it was a decree that people should not pray. He said, okay, let my prayer kill me. He prayed. And, you know, several examples like that. So I've given myself an example. There are so many, that Adebo is an example. Tango, we all know. We have so many of our men of God are examples. So the, the answer to the question is, it's 100% possible. But it depends on you. Will you go with the flow or will you stand with God? Thank you very much, sir. Mm -hmm. So just in line with what you just said, you gave us examples of people in the Bible that were, as we see, better people, like the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego you gave. Sir, most times we see ourselves doing everything right. We see ourselves trying everything. We have so many examples of people in the Bible we can follow. And we follow these people, we do everything right in our eyes. So do you think it's right to, should I say, call yourself a better person? Do you see that as self-justification or something? Um, can anybody actually call himself a better person? Yes and no. You can, depending on the situation you find yourself. You can do self, that's what they call self-appraisal. Mm -hmm. Second Corinthians 13.5, say what? Examine yourself. yourself if you are still in the faith. Mm -hmm. So it applies to every level. This year, about one enough souls. This year is my prayer life. Better than last year. 
So you can do a self-appraiser and say, now nah, I, I know I'm a better person, but Lord, help me to be the best. You, you may not necessarily need to pronounce it to the public. But also, let me add, in your teachings and mentorship, while teaching, I mean, you can mention, not out of pride, I like us to know, not out of, not boastfully, let me use the word, not boastfully, but to God's glory. Say, for example, last year, I couldn't pray for more than one hour, but God has helped me to be a better praying Christian. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you can appraise yourself and know that you are better, not boastfully, not boastfully, but for the purpose of mentorship. So it's not all the time. You don't go about on your phone, I'm a better person, I'm a better, no, no, no. You, you know within yourself you're better, but most importantly, it will show. I keep saying that. People will see that, yes, this brother, this sister, this man of God, this woman of God is now a better person than before. I can see that he's doing well in his place of work. I can see your, 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 your colleagues in the office must see you doing better. Not pretense, they must genuinely see you doing better. Your brother in the church must see you doing better. Your neighbors must see you doing better. Your family must see you doing better. Your pastor must see you doing better. Not with the carnal eyes, though. Pastors know when they are led of the Spirit, they know who is deceiving themselves and who is doing the right thing. So that is it. I remember a few months back, I was having a conversation with someone and she brought up something that I had actually never thought of before. Mm. She said in the Bible, they talked about so many people we can see living their lives, doing good, doing everything right. But there's one particular person in the Bible that special reference was made to, which is Enoch. Mm. In the Bible, they said Enoch walked with God and he was perfect. Yes. That is the only example we have. That is the only place that Enoch was really mentioned in the Bible. And then I'm like, okay, if he walked with God and was perfect, tell us what he did, he did. that yeah. the Bible classified him as That's a perfect, perfect. man. Mm -hmm. So do you think we have other examples of that in the Bible? Because if you look through the Bible, someone said they only tell us only the parts they want to hear. <laughs> the only only the parts we want to hear. So do you think there are other examples we can? There are several several examples. We need examples of some. Yes, I'll, I'll mention them. You know them already. Yes, we just want to be reminded <laughs> because when people talk about perfection, there's something. You see, I'm a teacher of the word, so. By God's grace, over the years, I've learned a lot from different men of God, from the Word, from the Holy Spirit. When the Bible uses certain words, remember that the Old Testament Bible was actually written in Hebrew and translated to English that we're saying today. While the New Testament was written in Greek and also translated to English that we see today. When you talk about perfection, perfection could mean so many things. One, it could actually mean perfection as in actual sense, not without mistakes, but without sin. I like us to note these two different because spiritual things are different from from from, from educational things and the academic things. When you look at perfection from the biblical aspect, it's talking about without sin. One. Then two, it talks about maturity. Like if you go to Hebrews uh, 12, 1 and 2, in verse 2 in particular, 
There were things that were mentioned. Said, let us live. Uh, what is it called? They're they talking about living the basic doctrines and move on to perfection. That's what the King James used. But that word perfection there means let's move on to maturity. So, one, perfection has to do with being without sin. And Enoch, there was no record of, record of anywhere that he, he committed sin against God. And why was he able to live like that? Because of that same fact, he walked with God. Can you be with President Buari from morning till night and be hungry? <laughs> Can you be with, I mean, with him flying in jet? I want to ride Okada. Can you be with him traveling around the world? I want to remain in Abuja. So when you are walking with someone, depending on who the person is, to a large extent, that person defines what happens to you. So Enoch walked with God. So God defines what happens. That was why it was perfect. Now you're talking about perfect. There are other people. Joseph is a perfect example of perfection. Joseph, the young man. What Joseph did, many of us cannot do. Do you know that? Yes. I start like this. He dreamt. And only said, if somebody comes to you and say, I dream. And you tell me, say, come on, what's no sense dream? What's not? The person will just... Imagine, I tell him, I, I told him I had a dream, and he's, is it because he cannot dream? That's what some of us would do. <laughs> Joseph never did that. That's perfection. They sold him into slavery. That's perfection. He didn't, he was angry with his brothers. Potiphar's wife lied against him. Now, before lying, she wanted to sleep with him. One man of God said, she gave her body to him on a platter of gold. Mm -hmm. What many young men in Abuja today, in Nigeria, they are looking for. They think that if a young boy sees to go sleep with wife, they will not go and sleep with him. Because they know they will get anything they want. Even if she's not Even if she's not yes, they will not talk up. So, he said, what he would have thought naturally is, ah, I came here as a slave now see a girl wife. That means if I start with her now, I can even kill a girl and become the other guy, which is possible. Yes. But he did not. That's perfection. He was thrown into prison. He didn't hate Potiphar and the wife. That's perfection. In prison, they did so many things to him. He became the leader of the... Of the and when he became prime minister, finally, the Bible says in Genesis 3, he told his brothers that, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for... That's perfection. What other perfection are we looking for that? What about Daniel? Where was it recorded that Daniel did anything against anybody or against God? Because I know the quick examples we want to give is uh, uh, um, David, he committed adultery, he killed Moses, he was angry. But let me tell you, the same Moses you are talking about is perfect. The Bible said that in the old world, there was no man that was meek. You know the bit of meekness? Mm -hmm. Meekness is one quality you hardly find in men of God. I'm sorry to say that. This is practical, like I can say it, even in me. Mm -hmm. But I'm learning to be it. Let me explain meekness to you so that you understand what meekness actually is. Meekness is not what people think it is. Now, note something. In the fruit of the Spirit, they mention meekness, they mention gentleness. Why would they mention both meekness and gentleness together? When people describe them as one thing or the other, it's not the same. Gentleness is you are quiet, you don't like trouble, you don't even want to, you want to mind your business, mm -hmm. you are not loud. Yeah, because of a gentle spirit. But little man can hurt somebody. Let me explain how. I'm gentle, I didn't look for trouble, but you look for my trouble. I can report you to people and those will, they will deal with you. 
Now, let me tell you what is meekness. Meekness is that point that you get to that even when you are crushed, for example, she does something bad to me, I don't come to her and say, what can they have done? It's, that's why I said meekness is the difficulty, but it's, it's attainable. I didn't come to you to tell you that. Because by coming to you to report him to you could make you hurt him, mm -hmm. and then it has, I'm no longer meek. Meekness is that point that you get to a Christianity where it is God that fights your battles even without you reporting to him. Did God report Aaron and Miriam to God? Uh, did Moses? He didn't report them to God. It was God that saw when Miriam rebuked. He was a younger brother. You can imagine if we were today, it's like my, that my other sister will tell you that me that carried you, pamper you, when crocodile in Nile River want to eat you up. I was the one that looked after you and brought Pharaoh's daughter to take you. Today you are now leader of Israel. You want to insult me, my friend. You know when I go to visit my sister in the office, she still calls me. She introduces me to her friends, her colleagues, as my kid brother. <laughs> forty-five. Somebody's approaching forty-five. Oh, come on, see my kid brother. I'm kid brother. You mean it? So I'll just smile. You know. So that was what Miriam. Because of that, she said, "You go to a woman." But what happened? Bible said God made her to be what leprous. I said, Who made you a judge over my servant Moses? Notes on the line. If Moses did not go to God and say, God, are you seeing? Mm -hmm. what, what that's why many men of God today. Smart they want to pray about Father, this one, deal with him for me. <laughs> you don't tell God. Yeah, you are free to tell God. But for me, it's not really deal. Like I was I was sharing with somebody that day that. I've gone to a point in my life where I cannot go and tell someone, so why should I report somebody to God? He said, then you don't see him to do because if God reacts, he sees you that we will cry. So besides perfection, Moses is perfect. Forget about that. All they say that is because he was anger. And also know that I said perfection also means maturity. When you have grown, followed God to an extent, you know, maturity is not a one-day process. You keep growing, you keep growing. Yesterday, somebody offended you, you shout back. Today, if somebody offended you, you smile. Tomorrow, someone offended you, you do nothing. So that's maturity. Mm. So Adiboye is like that. The founder of Redeem is like that. Mm -hmm. So these are all perfect men. We've talked about Daniel, we've talked about Joseph, mm. we've talked about Apostle Paul. So Apostle Paul was not perfect after he met Christ. Did he, was it ever recorded that he went back to commit sin? Mm. Peter. So these are perfection. So people will keep mentioning uh, that is, 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 is narrow mindedness. What we we'll just say. And then note something in Matthew 5 48. But we say, Be ye therefore perfect, even as I am perfect. Which means perfection. If it is not possible, God will not ask us to be possible. God cannot ask you to do something that is not possible. Thank you very much, sir. I quickly want to ask um, when we talk about being a better person, even at a place of work, yeah. something that centers about, there is something they call white lie. Mm. <laughs> When we say white lie, that means there are some instances that your job, because of your job, you have to say some things just to protect yourself. Um, I've had instances that people in church, they are not ministers, but because of the place they work, they see so-called minister, higher level minister in the church, mm -hmm. people at the higher rank in the church, using pen to cheat in the office using their position to oppress 
others. That's what mm. we say a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, as someone who is just an ordinary member, you're not a minister, mm. you're not ordained, mm. you're just a, probably you're a worker in the church. How do you try at your place of work, most especially those that do and work, craftsmen, mm. carpenters and all that, that when they say they are doing somebody's job, they say they are coming, I'm on my way, mm. you will see me now. Mm. Those are something like white light that we are talking about. Yeah. No, as a member of the church, as a worker in the church, how do you try to attain, to avoid situations that your will not help permit you to lie. You see, it, 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 it boils down to what I said earlier. <laughs> when you are diligent, I will give different examples. Forgive me if I use myself as an example because if I see others, I will use them. If I see my the ones that is this let me start with another brother. He washes I don't know whether I watch the dunamis or somewhere. He's one that makes shirts for me. Not all. I have two different people that make sure it. He makes my native clothes and some other. He will tell me if I give him clothes to next day, I will bring it on Tuesday. And he won't fail. He will bring it that Tuesday. If anything happens, he will call me and say, Ah, I got really sorry. See what I will see what I will say. Take your time. That's what we call sincerity. So, that kind of example is an example for all that children we've got to follow. I won't kill you if you tell me my share day. Like, for example, currently he's, he's doing something for me. He said he will, I told him that I will go to work only on Monday and Tuesday this week. So he said he will bring it on Tuesday. Literally the previous week, not last week, we agreed. So he called me. He didn't wait for my call. He called me before that Tuesday. I said, I'm sorry, I can't make it that Tuesday. I said, you know, if you remember, I didn't force you. Take your time. I'm not in the hurry to wear new shirts now. I still have some. I'm not. So okay, we agreed that we ended it that way. So, but we have to note something. White lie, black lie, green lie, big lie, small lie, fat lie, slim lie. They have no different portion in their file. If you put that at the back of your mind, you will lie. Now, I'll give you an example. Where majority of even Christians, that's where I'm coming now. Not even pastors. I go to work by 7 a.m. There's a register. I write 7. Like somebody goes there 7 a.m. I go there 7.30. And between 7 a.m. and 7.30, because nobody came, I will not write 7.02. <laughs> or I tick. What they do now is tick, tick, tick. That's very big. It's a, it's a lie. That's a form of white life. When I was in Buttercourt, once I get to the office, you will see people running to overtake me. Why are they running to overtake me? When I get there, I see 7 o'clock, I look at my watch. Oh, 7.50. They will say, they will say, do you mean that between 7 o'clock and 7.50, nobody came to the office? I said, that's the meaning. If somebody came, somebody will be there. Stop it, oh. You are not the only one that goes to church. They will abuse me, insult me. Stop it. I don't know what kind of church you will go. Hey, are you the only one that wants to go to heaven? I said, I'm not going to church. I am a child of God. So he got to a point. He started calling me bishop. He said, ah, go bishop. They want to run before me to write their names and their time. Because 
is you see the day those things will backfire you will those must those white lights mm -hmm. talk about something may happen in the office between seven and eight you are not in the office between seven and eight because he wrote seven, seven. <laughs> if they are sacking everybody that they will sack you truthfulness is not something we must compromise as children of god i must make that emphasis so white like, like for example again i'll give a typical example what could have said before and it's, you have a justifiable reason to lie. So that the, lying to your boss, lying to your organization, and lying on behalf of your organization all are, are different things. But you must look for a way not to do any one of them. And by those that never did any one of them. That's why I say it's possible with your one determination, with your diligence, and with your prayers. We are, what, we are trained about what is called cover and cover story. What does cover and cover story mean? I'm teaching you intelligence. You know? <laughs> What I mean, intelligence as an intelligence service job. Not if I come here to get an information and they need only journalists here, only journalists, I can pose as a journalist and I can back it up with scriptures. Joshua and Caleb went to Rehab to pretend to want to sleep with her because she was a prostitute. They pretended it's not a lie. Do you understand? Mm -hmm. Professional, it's not even professional life, professional job ethics. Now, cover means what you do that will justify your presence in a particular place. So we need to do journalists here. Why are you not here? In this sense, we are taught report writing. Is report writing not journalism? Mm -hmm. I don't know what we're getting into. Yeah. So I pretend to be a journalist. And be asking questions like a reporter. So I get my information and I go. Because what they are planning is against the state, mm -hmm. what we call nation, against the state. When, when, when the state in this time, in the country, mm -hmm. you are planning against the state. And I am an agent of the state. And I won't allow any people to plot evil against the state. So I do everything to counter them. But your guy say, uh -huh. we are going to say, Yoga, to dodge that work, you now tell one small lie and say, no, I want to. These are those white lies that you are talking about, which is not, you have no justification whatsoever. It's recorded for you in everyone's lie, in the top of standard minute, fire straight. <laughs> so we should avoid those kind of things that we call white lies. That is you how my interpreter say all lies are lies. <laughs> you for the father is forgery. You write, you change figure. But as, as I speak to it, as a particular man, I just pray to God to give me the grace to like him. The particular man in my office today, as I speak, I don't want to mention his name. Maybe you know him somewhere. I say, I, I heard he's an area pastor. There's one man, one driver that is watching me with Dunamis. He gave me the story of how he became a Dunamis person because of this pastor he redeemed, how he treated him. So I look, I said, I don't want to know. We are, not, we are, we are asked by Bible, Matthew 7 7, not to judge, Matthew 7 1. Mm not to judge. So I was looking at the man. So I noticed that there was even a time he, he had done something even coming close to me. We are not in the same department. One day I told somebody that I will see this man one day and tell him that I'm also a minister and redeem. Now, when you become an oppressor, you oppress people in the place. So what example I show you? You lie on people, something happened, you say, no, it didn't happen like this. Why? Because you are saving your head in court. My hand no deal. So in your hand no day, you let the young man 
who is your subordinate will get into trouble. You have lied. If you are a good Christian, you won't sleep that night. So these are, they happen, they are practicals, but they, you can handle them. And how can you handle them? Be determined, be diligent in your work that you do. I don't need to lie. See, I make me, we all make mistakes. There was time, we have, let me give you a particular example. In Portacourt, we are, I went on, a, I was on a night duty in communication. I finished my work, 100%, nothing to do. By 12 midnight, no work to do again. And I wasn't a guard. I was in an office. My office, AC, everything, my, my computer, not uh, guard duty. So what will I be doing today, break? I had to sleep. So the director came from the gate. He saw the guards. They are the ones that are not supposed to sleep, not me. They were all sleeping. He got angry, came to communication. I have actually done my work for the night. That's the truth. He came and said, huh? go and give them query. They give everybody query, including me. But let me shock you. The next morning, when I came to the office, the, the, the administrative officer, the moment I entered the office, the, the assistant director is the number two man in the old command. He looked at me and said, Is it you? <laughs> Go. As I, I'm not exaggerating. When I was someone like the MS Lawa, Muslim, everything, he looked at me and said, Is it you? <laughs> Go. What is the meaning of that? Boom. This young man can never make a mistake. That was the meaning. Because they know that I will not abandon my work and sleep. I said they used to abuse me. This is just where you go die, you go die to carry out for your head. That was the comedy carry it on your so the moment you are committed and diligent, you don't need to lie. If you make me it, if you come later, there are some people that want to have gone up to me, gone late to work. I said, I call there and say, see you, see what happened to me. It's okay, we understand. In fact, I have never told anybody before now. That I'm a minister and he did. They have known, though, now, without telling them, they were calling me pastor. How do you judge? How? And the boy that watches my car, if we are going to church, now his father sits outside there, after this, our estate gate, as a storm, right, after the first story building, the next one. If I pass on the letter, I pass on I say, Did you tell this man on the pastor? I say, She doesn't know the So, where is he seeing? Do you understand? I have never, I have not done evangelism to him. Let me go start there. Because you say maybe they see you doing evangelism. But he calls me pastor. Where did he see the pastor? He thinks you do matters a lot. People are watching. So white line will not take you anywhere. If you are diligent and hardworking, you won't be telling these small, small lies referred to as white lies. Because they will lead to hell. And there's one major white lie we are not talking about in the world today, which is perjury. Thank God you are a lawyer. They born in 1976. Because you don't want to be retired from work, you put 1979, you are not born again. <laughs> a pastor, people are still working with those kind of, are you aware? Yeah. People are still working with those birth certificates. Yeah. The only time I reduced my age in my entire life, once, and that was I knew forever. I failed that exam hopefully. <laughs> I thought that certificate. I said, God, thank you for letting me fail that exam. All oh, my paper. Let me shock you with my testimony. I went to SSS. The, the required age that time was 25 maximum. When I went, I was 25, 10 months, which is 26 by human calculation. They said, No, you are, you are older than required. We have so many young people, but the woman said something. She said, Have you ever taken a look at his papers? The man looked at my certificate, everything was excellent. He said, Have you seen that he came tops in River State? He wants us to discard such a material. No way, I will not let that happen. 
and she quoted international law. She said, by international standard, if you are 25 years, 11 months, and 29 days, tomorrow is the 30th day, which you will become 26. By, day, by today, 11 p.m., 11.59, you are still 25. <laughs> the man shocked, the man looked at the way. I said, okay, that was how, but that reduced the age. One guy, alteration, that was what disqualified him, dismissed him from SSS. He, he altered the document, he changed uh, 5 to 6, 1975 to 1976. That's what, just one letter, one figure. And we find that today in the church, till tomorrow. I've confronted so many people, I won't mention them, maybe not in all nations. So, after I told me, I want them to retire me quick, I said, if they retire you quick, come come. What is your hope and your trust in God that you are serving? No way help us. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you, sir. Are you sure you're okay? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are very okay. Yeah, being of a one. better person, you are sure I've answered your questions well. Yes, yes. Spiritually, yes. Uh, emotionally, physically, mm -hmm. environment-wise, in the office. Yes, so two, two critical places. Let's leave church environment. Two critical for young people, for those still in school, the school environment. And for those working, both for young adults and elderly ones, the working environment is one place where we must be careful as Christians. I'm not boasting about it. No, there are people who are naturally judgmental. Even when you are doing the right thing, they will tell you that, huh? and they say that they go to church. Like, I have somebody in my office who never believes that anybody in this world is born again. Yeah, that's, he never believes that. He doesn't believe that. He condemns everybody that goes to church. Those now those ones are there. Apart from such exceptional cases, you must make sure that you live outstandingly where you work because where you work can do a whole lot to damage your Christianity more than where you live, more than your church. Mm. Where you work is a critical point. God will help us in Jesus' name. Mm. Thank you so much, sir. We Thank appreciate you. You, sir. your time. And this wonderful insight that you've given to us, mm -hmm. we believe that with all this, at least by God's grace, we really become a better person Amen. in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> Thank you so much. Sir. You're welcome. Thank you, sir. Okay. So anytime you have more questions, yes, we'll um, definitely come back. Yes, <laughs> I'm always available. Yes, oh, because we'll definitely come back. We'll definitely invite Thank you for finding time to come around. I, I don't take this for granted. And I pray that the Lord will also strengthen what you do. Amen. Increase you in wisdom, Amen. in knowledge, Amen. in understanding. Amen. You will not fail God. Amen. You will not fall by the wayside. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you so much, sir. We appreciate it.